I'm Matt Ingram, a musician, producer and co-owner of Urchin Studios in East London. In these podcasts, I'll be talking with creative individuals that I know and admire about music, art, the creative process and of course, whatever else comes up. My guest today is the musician, singer and songwriter Ray Morris. So Raza. Hello. Welcome back to Urchin. Thank you for having me again. You've just come back from Oslo. I did, yeah, a couple of days ago I got back. How was that? It was really good actually. It was amazing. Um yeah, we did yeah, we went on Thursday and then got back Saturday afternoon. What were you what were you doing up there? It was this um it was like a showcase thing called Bilam. Um and it and it's 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 you know, one of those festivals that is is actually a showcase but it feels like a festival, so it's alright. And it was um yeah, it was. We did two two gigs, um, and they were both actually amazing. Like you know, we kind of sometimes have a, have a bit of a bit of a weird one at those things, but no, it's really good. Yeah, showcases can can bring out the fear in me sometimes. Yeah. Um, how do you find Oslo? Because have you have you been? No, it's my first time in Norway. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, full okay. stop. But but I think I think I was kind of like put off by um, the, just the things that people said to me before I went. Mm-hmm. And everyone was going on about how expensive it was, and and just um, I don't know, uh, yeah. But and so I had this kind of negativity towards it before I went, and then I got there and was like, oh no, this is this is good, this is fine, until I bought a round of drinks <laughs> <laughs> for sixty quid. <laughs> I was in, I was in the airport, and this is you know airports are normally expensive. Yeah. But I, I was in I was in Oslo airport, and I bought like a soup. It was really nice, a really nice soup, but it was a soup, some sort of you know. The sort of brown bread, yeah, rye bread that, that the Scandinavian countries are into, which dense, is which, which are great, dense. dense, and a glass of wine, and I paid for it, mm-hmm. and uh, sat down, and then did, I got an app that tells me how much sort of earth, earth pounds I spent, <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell, it like fifty quid, like, isn't it? No, it was about, it, it was about thirty pounds. Okay. Which for a sort of soup and a glass of wine was in a lot of money. In an airport as well. But it was it was very nice. Okay. Anyway, so um, we we've been we've been working recently together. We have in Urchin, and we can't talk about it. Depends when you want to put let's this just say, podcast Let's just on say mind. we can't talk about it because okay. then I'd I'd hate for the podcast not to go out. Because it kind of makes it quite magical that we can't talk about it because yeah. it sounds like it's really exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. We had a, we had a nice time doing it. We did. I mean, I could I guess I could say, but. But I, 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 I might have to go out and individually kill everyone yeah. that's listening. But I guess so. I guess it's it's a it's a project that's a secret at the moment, but won't be secret for a long time. Okay. And it's yeah, we 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 kind of seem to do those things together, you and I, don't we? When the secret stuff, <laughs> the secret stuff. We've, this has happened before. <laughs> where we um, and then we're like, oh yeah, I was working with Matt the other day. Can't and I can't, I can't tell you what it was, <laughs> but it was good. I, I assure you, you'll never hear it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's great. Um, but. I was just going to say that, that Ray, you are one of the, the the best performers I've ever recorded. That's not true. It is true. Me. It is true because because before we did this session, I didn't really know how you worked. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really know like how you like to work because the, the thing we did previously was was just really just a kind of a vocal. Yeah. And so before you arrived, I, I set up the piano, and and the vocal, and I, yeah, and like I didn't know whether you like to do. Like piano separately. Yeah. I just didn't know how you, how you like to work. And um, I, I, before the session, I was like, well, I'll just be happy if we get just a piano and a, a vocal down to today. Of course. And um, you came in and, and just played played live. I think we got it in like three takes. And you just sounded... Oh. Abs- I, mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. No, I was surprised too, actually. To be honest. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, it, it doesn't always happen that way. I think, but I, I definitely, you know, I'm not just saying it, but this environment in Urchin is, is, is the perfect environment for doing it that way. And I think a lot of the time, and some of my experiences, I've not really been given the capacity to do it that way. And I think, okay. um, yeah, you guys here do definitely kind of cater for like the actual just just do it like just just get the performance. I mean, we're, we're used to, we're used to working that way, but because you know, not everyone can work that way because yeah. you know you need to be really. I mean, like the question was going to be was you know you're obviously like very much in control of like your business, which is playing the piano and, and singing, you know, and um, and I was just thinking, you know, did you gig a lot before you got signed? Because it sounds like you you you've really got. Yeah. yourself together yeah do you know what I mean as, I think, a, as, a, as a piano yeah. singer well I, th I always think of it's it's the one thing that I do have you know like it, it's my kind of um it's my very kind of core and and kind of confident thing that I know that I can just go and sit at the piano and play one of my songs um in any kind of like size venue or or mm. room um and and that was yeah that was through just literally like doing as many gigs as possible from from when I started out and doing you know open mics and, and pubs and um and just like you know hustling promoters to put me on even though I probably how, wasn't what, good when did you start like how old were you when that kind of you start you know you did, you yeah. did your first gigs I was, I was 17 when I started doing that so okay. you know in in some ways I was kind of late because I, I that was the first experience I'd had with like live performance um yeah. and then um yeah, I spent I spent like that was, it was my second year of college, and I just kind of focused only on on that and and doing making my parents take me to loads of um, weird pubs all around the northwest to go. Do, and do, do you remember your your very your actual first gig, the first time you, you got on stage or you know yeah. and sang one of your songs yes. to a group of people? Do you remember Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And and, and the weird thing was that I I finished writing the song about half an hour before we left <laughs> to go and it was the first song I'd written really? it really, really yeah and it, and um and I actually it was a, it was a it was a place called Garstang um and and they had this open mic called Garstang unplugged and right. I actually went the month before to just go suss it out go recce to recce it yeah <laughs> it's very in my nature to do that all right um and yeah I went up and did this one song it's all I had um, and I don't remember, like, I literally blacked out. Like, I don't, I, oh, really? I didn't pass out on the floor or anything, but I don't remember I, that performance at all. I just remember, like, having to ask my mum, like, how was it okay? Because I don't remember it. So, yeah. And what did she say? Did she give you a harsh critique She's afterwards? Like, you, yeah, you, that, that note was not great. No, no, not <laughs> at all. My, my parents would just, yeah, they'd, they'd say anything I did was, um, I kind of can't listen to them. <laughs> really? Well, they just, yeah, they'd, they'd always say that it was good. Right. So, so did you kind of hit the, you know, the the, the or the pub, the pub scene quite mm. hard then, in terms of like doing doing gigs and. Yeah, yeah. It was it was um it wasn't really pubs. It was more that kind of like, um, yeah, the, the, just that kind of circuit that people get on when they're kind of singer songwriters, and it mm. was a great little community really, and around Preston mostly in Manchester and and Leeds and Liverpool and um and I just got to know some amazing people and mm. and really kind of. Um, felt like I was involved in something for the first time and, and part of, yeah, made, made some friends, really, like that people I actually got on with and, and um, yeah, went and played some music. Great. Yeah. When did you start, like, how long did it take to feel, you know, comfortable? Like, when you started to feel like, OK, I'm, I'm on top of this. Maybe the last tour that I just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess, you know, you never really feel like you're on top of it, you know. 
I, yeah. I mean, I mean, how, how have you found? Because you've been playing some pretty big venues now, you know, and sold out. And um, has has that? How have you found that? Has that has that changed the experience of performing for you? Yeah, I think I've I realised that um, I needed to actually just have a bit of confidence because I think things started to. I was always very self-deprecating and and didn't want to quite admit that. I, I was in control because I thought that people might con- like confuse it for being arrogant or, you know, big-headed. And I actually once told people at a London show that um, I wanted to give them their money back because um, what I just... Ha- what, what, what happened? <laughs> no, nothing I played happened. an E when there should have been an E flat. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened, but I just, I, just def- I just felt so indebted that these people had, like, come out and, you know, overwhelmed me so much that I didn't want them to have to pay. And it was just this... And I had, like, you know, sharp words from the label afterwards. Yeah, you're a shrewd businesswoman, right? <laughs> I'll just give you all your money back. Um, but no, I think, you know, playing with a band has, has really changed my, like, mindset. Of course, it's, I mean, because when did that start? Because before that, I guess you just would have been, like, you know, completely solo, mm. just you and your keyboards. Yeah. So when, when did you start playing with the... Was it the last tour that you started playing with the band? It was it was a while ago that that we kind of got it together and um and you know you, you know some of the guys that I that yeah. I started playing with and it was actually a year ago um that we first put that together and um and then yeah gradually introduced the elements and and if you know it was, it was a big change for me like Absolutely. kind of yeah. yeah just suddenly kind of not being um not having to be completely focused at all times and right. it, and that that freed me up a little bit and gave me a bit of space to actually go oh this is really enjoyable you know this is actually right, right. fun because yeah, um, yeah. I think I was so emotionally in- involved when I was just solo um, and I still am if I do it you know I, I, I get so in- into the moment that I don't ha- have a second to breathe yeah, and enjoy yeah. it I always I always think that like the, the kind of the hardest things you can do is is in music is to be a, a solo performer mm-hmm. you know I that and like it's not music but I always think stand up you oh know people that goodness. do stand up comedy because yeah. you, you, it's just you you know, and and when and you know when you when you do a solo performance, like it's just you and your instrument and yeah. your songs, and there's like there's like no. I mean, I you know I'm a drummer. Yeah. I I, I couldn't imagine doing that. You know, my 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 trade is like, you know, <laughs> not hiding behind someone, but it you know it's, it's like accompanying. But that's harder. That that. No, that, I know. I don't think I so. Think there's way no. There's way more. I mean, it, it's not easy to mm. do that, and I and I think that like th- there's. When I think about the, a lot of the great drummers and great bass players, they they are amazing, yeah. you know. And but the art is in kind of accompanying a person. But mm. whereas, like, <clears throat> I don't think any any drummer really has the responsibility, the complete responsibility of of uh, just going in on this. I mean, because no yeah. one wants to listen to it, like a drum solo for an hour. Well, least of all me, you know. Well, I, I, no, I I hear what you're saying, but I, I do feel. Um, in in the case of like my band at the moment, I, you've you've met Daisy, haven't you? My drummer. She's awesome. Um, Your ba- the whole band, because so, I saw you at the Village Underground. Okay, yeah. Oh great! The, like, they the, sounded fantastic. The, and I think that those guys in particular. Obviously, I've seen you play many times, and I'm always completely blown away. But I think um, Daisy in particular has changed the way I look at people you know accompanying musicians because her role in my band to to kind of do all of the the bvs that i kind of you know threw all over my album and didn't think of the consequences <laughs> and didn't think, oh gosh somebody's actually got to do yeah. this um and she really kind of changes the whole whole experience and i think for the audience as well you know they i feel like they watch her just as much as they watch me you know because she's really um 
it's such an art to watch somebody sing and play at the same time. It's like I don't know how she does it to be honest. Yeah, she's got she's got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, she's she sounds she sounds great. I mean, you know, listening to your record, um, it sounds like it was, or was it like a big task getting the live thing together? Because you know, your record's very detailed and layered. Is it? You know, it's a big sound. Yes. And there's you know there's only four of you on stage. I mean, yeah. how long did that? Was the process of rehearsing and kind of getting getting that together? I thought it was going to be harder than it was, right. um, and I, I was very kind of, I was, I must admit, I was kind of dreading, but you know, the the experience of putting it together, um, and it, it actually was much easier than than I thought because of the quality of of the players, you know, and mm. and how quickly those guys just brought their own thing to it as well as as. Um, as kind of did what was on the album, and um, and we I had a bit of help from from Andy Gangadine, who's yeah, yeah. my musical director as well, who's who's just a wonderful person to kind of have around generally because um, of his kind of past. <laughs> yeah, I had real when I met him. So I met him at your gig, mm. and I had a like a real because he's he's a bit of a drum. Well, he's a bit of a drum hero. Do you know what I mean? Because like when I was growing up. Uh, he was always in like loads of drum magazines. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like a bit of sort of sort of drum jock. <laughs> and then when I met him, I just like, I think if if you sort of were into someone when you were fourteen, yeah. Whenever you meet that person, <laughs> you're always going to have that. Oh you're my fourteen God. again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I totally had that with him. Mm. So if you're listening, Andy, sorry if I um, fanboyed on you. But you know, I I feel like that around Andy a lot of the time, just because of how cool he is. He's very cool. He's, he's just um. Yeah, an incredibly talented, cool person. And, and I think that's what I feel, like, super lucky, just to have, like, those people around. You know, that's, um, yes, that's what's so weird, to hang out with such cool people. <laughs> I, like you, like you. Oh, well. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, you're, bu- you're busy. You've got a lot going on, a lot of gigs. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it, it's, um, it's a relief. It's wonderful. I, I feel very... This I've kind of been waiting for this year of like mm. album tour gigs. The fun stuff. stuff. The yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I mean, you're obviously taking to touring pretty pretty well. Because I mean, some some artists artists that I've worked with that you yeah. know, haven't haven't enjoyed it. Right. You know, haven't really. Because uh, it mm. is hard. It is. You know. It's. It, I find it. I find touring for, for me. Maybe it's because I'm getting old now. But but it, it it's physically difficult. Yeah. Because. I think that traveling, and particularly like modern traveling, mm-hmm. being on planes a lot, it's just like not very good for you. No. You know, it's just like air conditioning, not... just kind of destroying the the soul and yeah. the voice at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and your and your voice, you know, and um, you know, I find that just generally, touring is great fun, but it, I never quite relax on tour. No. Because you've always got to be somewhere, even mm-hmm. if it's tomorrow. You know, you've got to. You've got to do a show, or you've got to yeah. you've got to get on a flight, or or whatever. So you're always literally you're always kind of moving. Yes. And um, but you you seem to have, you know you seem you, you seem to be loving it. I th- you know I've got a feeling that's because I've not done the hardcore kind of Australia tour where you're on a plane every day, and and, and you know I've, I've I've my touring has been very limited to the United Kingdom. Uh, but that's, <laughs> um, still, that's, that's still a lot of like you know. That's still a lot of time on it in a transit. It's a lot of split van action. In a, in a transit um, van. Which can yeah. be, yeah, can be quite... Um, uh, you, but the thing is for me is just that I I actually end up getting more sleep on tour than I do if I'm 
anywhere else. Oh, really? Yeah, so because well, I'm... did you sleep in the... Are you a van sleeper? I'm a van sleeper. I'm yeah, a van TV watcher. I'm right. a van, like, music listener. I do all of those things. I can yeah. read. I can read going backwards, you know. Yeah, I can as well. Yeah. It's a great skill. It's I'm, such I'm a skill. I'm glad I have that. So many like... people think I'm absolutely crazy, but I, I'm, I'm so... I don't get travel sick. Brilliant. It's amazing. You're, you're made for this. I feel like I should put that on my CV. <laughs> the one that I don't <laughs> Could have. Could read backwards. <laughs> Take that box. Yeah. I, I, I did a, uh, a, a tour about five years ago of, of the Highlands. That's beautiful, that tour. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you I, did, I did it, yeah. I did it a, a couple of years ago very um, quickly, but did Stone Away and, right. and Thurzo and Hullapool. Hullapool. Did you do the... I, Toba Mori, did you do Didn't that? Didn't do that, but that's Island where Sky? they filmed Balamori, isn't it? The, that kids' no. TV program. What's the story in Bal- Balamori? Different generation. Yeah, different. I'm too, I'm too old. <laughs> and it, but it's got all the beautiful coloured houses, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's like when we were in Toba Mori, it was like one of the you know seven or eight sunny days they get a year <laughs> up there, and it was just like just the most beautiful, wow. just just stunning, beautiful. But anyway, so I was doing a tour. Of the Highlands, it was about a two and a half week tour, and that's some like pretty long drives, mm. you know, because all the, none of the roads go from A to B directly. <laughs> they just like you've got to go around mountains and whatever. And uh, we did so much time in a van. I like kind of lost my mind halfway through that tour. Yeah, yeah, but it was just because you know it was like it just seemed to be five, six, seven hour drive. A day. Like, every day. And then a show in the evening as well. Yeah. Which... I, I, I had a bit of a funny turn on that tour. Did you? Yeah, we sort of stopped and I was in a, um, we were in an M&S. And I Always, just, like, it's, everything it's, happens in yeah, an M&S. <laughs> I just kind of, like, lost my shit. I thought I was going to, I thought, I don't know, I just got really sweaty hands oh, and, like, no. thought I was going to pass out. I was just like, and I'm, and I'm putting it down to, like, just, being in a trans, yeah, know, being in a transit the, van it, for like it's too It's the long. close proximity, isn't it? Of and also just being with that many humans in such a small space. And yeah. and you, when do you do that? I guess you do it when you're on a tube in London, but it's very brief and kind of um, it's not a realistic situation, is it? That I always find that really bizarre. But um, mm. but you know, I, yeah, you've got to be. It's a good job we get on with the people that well, we talk with because yeah, if you imagine didn't, you'd, someone would get seriously injured. Yeah, like physically, <laughs> physically, physically injured. I would hit someone in yeah. the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would um, yeah, definitely. So, um, so let's talk about. I mean, so the experience of making the record because I think when I first so when we were talking this the other day, I when met, did we I meet? met you two years ago. Right, it was about two years yeah. ago, right? Uh-huh. And um, that's a long time. I'm really yeah. happy about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's flown by. Um, and I think, weren't you? You were just starting to make the record. Mm. You were just gonna because you did most of it in Los Angeles, right? That's right. Yeah, but I, I wonder if at, at that time I was maybe beginning it with Friars. I think that I was, was just about to start it in the UK. Yes. And it was a bit of a failed attempt, and um, not in any way that kind of, um, you know mate was negative in any way but I think we just kind of realised that we'd made we'd made a lot of EPs together Fries mm-hmm. and I he's a good, good friend and, and, and um, amazing producer and songwriter and artist and mm. um, and we'd already made a couple of EPs and I think we were just making another EP you know it was it, it didn't feel like there was a kind of mental or physical kind of change or step up for the album oh. so um, and I think it was my fault actually because I was in my comfort zone with him you know when you kind yeah. of you really know somebody and um, and I was probably just like not quite mentally there in the right place so yeah then I went to, out to out to America to do it 
Yeah, and I think we just met at that point. You were just because I saw you in LA actually because we were in the course, we were there oh, at yeah, the same time. At the and I think hotel you, cafe. Yeah, I don't, and you think you just you just so yeah. So that was like two years ago. Mm. So yeah, I mean, how how was the experience of, of, of making the record for you? Did you did, was, did you have a nice time? I did. I did have a nice time. Like I, I think, um, you know, it was it was definitely a long time, and it was a, it was a kind of a, a, a variety of different emotions and and yeah. ups and downs and um and it wasn't it wasn't kind of it wasn't easy um and I think that's that is partly my fault because of um how much time I spent over you know making it um and and, and a lot of the you know I feel very lucky that I was given the time to do that because yeah were you not happy with it then I was oh I was very I was very happy I was so happy with everything and and the time in in Los Angeles um was wonderful and I spent three months there um and it was the first time I'd kind of moved away from Blackpool and and I you know oh, really yeah I just that's kind, kind of, of that's a very much the pole obviously because Blackpool is Blackpool's cool yeah, everything but, but it is yeah Los it, Angeles is different it's still that kind of faded glamour and um you know entertainment capital vibe as well so i was kind of what, blackpool I, or LA? both both of them <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah yeah it's kind of the 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 blackpool la is the blackpool of america yeah, you're right that's true or is las vegas it um, does have a kind of like you're right the hollywood glamour. faded 50s glamour to it yeah you know and i felt the first time i went to los angeles it's so kind of indoctrinated in our brains mm-hmm. that it was like it was exactly as I'd imagined it to be. You feel like Los you've Angeles. been there before. Yeah, yeah, just the palm trees yeah. and the big roads yeah. and the and city cars. The amount cars. of things you've seen in movies as well, you know, like you've seen you've seen that road sign a million it's, times. Exactly, yeah. and, and Hollywood and and just yeah, it's yeah. so it's such a part no, of our yeah. part of our culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually I do find Los Angeles brings out um, very strong emotions in people. Yeah. The amount of people I know that go there absolutely hate it. Like yeah. just can't wait to sort uh, of get out and, and leave. I think I think it's the first time that you go because I'd been a couple of times um, before that trip. Okay. And if if that had been my first trip, you know, where I went out there and made the album on that first one, I think I would have hated it. But right. luckily, I'd had a kind of few, had a few experiences and I kind of understood it. I think you've got to understand what it's about and yeah, find yeah. the area that you feel comfortable in. Where, where were you staying? That was on the east side in Silver Lake. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like everyone's just really creative and, and mm. everywhere you go, somebody's talking about the movie that they're making or the, the yeah, album yeah. that they're writing. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I found that quite funny and I, I felt very like, I'm, a, I'm so not meant to be here. And I felt like I was blagging it, you know, right. like what's this girl from Blackpool doing um, with all these creative people? Um, but it was, it was it was genuinely a wonderful time and I would just be, I was really like quite reclusive and just kind of chilled on my own and um, okay. didn't have a car or anything like that. So... You have a car. What did you do? Well, I was, so, I was twenty. You, I, I couldn't. Were you recording in Silver Lake as well? Um, we recorded. No, we recorded. I stayed there, and then we recorded like a bit in Hollywood. Amazing studio, Ocean Way. Oh, um, you recorded Ocean Way. Wow. Yeah, which yeah, was. I'd love to go there. Which is wonderful. So, um, sorry, about it. I'm just gonna move this mic. I'm gonna move it. Yeah. But yeah, no, a little bit in Ocean Way, but only a little bit because we couldn't afford to be there the yeah. whole time. And then um, Ariel, the producer, had um, a studio in Burbank as well that we would go to. So we were kind of, we. I would drive with him, you know, he would pick me up in the mornings and I'd spend a lot of time, like, kind of just wait, having coffee, waiting for him to pick me up, which was a wonderful thing to do. And um, and yeah, it was just really relaxed. Really, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, very relaxed. Okay. Like, we would, I remember the first day that I went to the studio to work with him, um, 
the engineer Dave Schiffman, who's a, a wonderful man, like we got on so well, and he's got so many great stories. And um, who, who else has he worked with? Um, he he's one of Rick, Rick, Rick Rubin's like engineers. Oh, okay. um, so he's got some wonderful. He actually told me a story about him being in the studio with Johnny Cash, like down wow. in the, in some basement studio somewhere, and um, sounds very amazing. Yeah, um, I love I love hearing those. Yeah, stories. You know, it's kind of like what this is about, really. Those, those stories that are told in the studio that people never get to hear and yeah that was that was a friend of mine was working um or or he wasn't actually working with mccartney but he found himself in a room with mccartney and and jeff emmerich who was the beatles uh, beatles engineer and they were just talking (laughs) i thought oh man i'd love to i'd love to have been have been privy to that conversation or to have recorded it you know you know what i mean of course so you, yeah, so, so a nice relaxed pace for the yeah. record then, right? You didn't... Well, that was the thing. So, so so one of those days, the first day that we're kind of going in to do a bit of pre-production, um, we got, you know, I'd been there for about half an hour and Ariel still hadn't turned up and um, and he we got a call from him and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty close, I'm nearby. And um, and then five hours later, he still hadn't come <laughs> to the studio. <laughs> and we're like, what should we do? Like, this is the first day, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I think from that point, I kind of realised that it was going to be very relaxed and very chilled and it, and it was wonderful because I was I'm kind of a bit of a warrior so I needed right. somebody to just be like yeah it's fine we're gonna go to the studio for two hours and then we're gonna go get dinner and what, it's gonna be- <laughs> what, what, what was his what was his uh reason for being like so late well he had to go and run an errand downtown obviously as right. you do um and then he got caught up in some sort of car accident and oh, sent really? us a picture of the car accident so we thought that he was like directly involved in that car accident, oh, but, um, but he wasn't. So, but, but that was the kind of the way things played out for the rest of the trip. It was very, like, it was wonderful. It was just like every day there was a cool thing happening, and, and we actually spent very little time in the studio. <laughs> really? really? Yeah. Well, I, I want to make records like that. Mm. Damn it! My, my, you know, I, I always like. Why well, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a stickler for sort of punctuality. I know. If I know I'm you working are working with people. <laughs> No, I didn't. Why, 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 no, why, did, did I tell you off? No, you didn't. No, I think, you know, you should kind of, you know, be on time. Yeah. But I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think that because of so much, so much pressure had been put on, this is the album, it has to be, you know, this and this and this. And I kind of went out there with such, like, weight on my shoulders that the relaxed atmosphere was exactly what I needed. Yeah. yeah. Good job you didn't do it with me. It would have been like <laughs> Both of us just like, oh, come on. <laughs> You're three it. minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> so you were with like Ariel. Were you with him for like three months then? Yes. And yeah. was that kind of just kind of tracking? Um, we so we did a bit bit of pre-production for like a couple of weeks, and then um, as I got used to like being there, and then we did six weeks tracking in Ocean Way. Oh, you, um, so you oh, well, you were there for yeah. like a, a good a good while. Yeah, we were, we kind of split it, so we did three weeks there and, and three weeks there. Um, okay. And um, you know we did we recorded all the piano and and vocals and magical stuff strings and yeah. all the cool stuff in Ocean Way and then the rest of the the, the stuff was done in in Burbank. But were you doing live takes again? Were you doing piano vocal takes? Most of the songs, yeah. yeah. Most of the most of the ones that um, I had played for years and the ones that I um, had kind of I just knew inside out and I would just go and sit down and play them and. And we and that was another wonderful thing about Ariel that he would just make me do it a couple of times and and then we'd be like yeah that's you know that's, we've got it that'll and do that'll do we'll go <laughs> let's go and have lunch <laughs> I'm making it sound like a very very <laughs> not like um, unimaginative um, process but no it, it it was yeah always very simple and um, and just the most I think being in a 
studio that was just so sounded just so yeah. wonderful and the yeah, yeah. you know the piano that we we got in an old Motown piano and it what was that had been used for Motown yeah oh, really and it was in storage so there's a guy I don't I, I should know exactly who it was but apparently he was in storage out there and he just wasn't using it at, at that time so you can like actually just get it out and just you and we just got it brought into the studio and it was you know the it was it was for the first time I stood in the kind of the little crest, I don't know what you call it, the little bit in the piano where it, um, where you can, there's like a kind of circular bit in, you know, the big long, the, bit, the big, what's yeah. it called, the middle bit of the grand piano. I don't, I don't know, know what, what the, technical, that's the technical term is. <laughs> I called it a crest. I kind a of crest. Like let's, let's go with crest. <laughs> and, um, you know, I could I could hear the sound of the strings go from the left of me to the right of me for the first time because it was a big long one. I never played on a big long grand piano before. Yeah, yeah that's interesting because... Uh, I, I'm assuming the piano. You had a piano in, uh, at home. Yes. And it was an upright. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. What, what was it? Yeah, I still, I've still got it. I just, I brought it to London with me, but it's just a, a Yamaha U1 upright that. I, got. I know. They're, 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 yeah. they're okay. Yeah. Apparently, my mum's got one. Oh really? Yeah. Oh nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it, so did you? Was that the piano you had as a child? No, no the piano I, I learned on was, um, which I still have. I still have. It was. It's been in our family since. Wow. You know, for like a hundred years, you know, That's it was wonderful. handed to my mum. I mean, it's not, it's not great, but it's, it's the piano that I, that was around when I was a kid. Yeah. And I kind of started to play on. It's actually at my uncle's house at the moment. He's right. kind of has custody of it. You just pass it around. Until and... I, until I have, you know, a place big enough to, to, to have it. And the babies to play on it. Yeah. You know, cause I, no, cause I, I actually feel like that's important mm-hmm. that there's, you know, should should I have a family that there's instruments because there was, you know, when I grew up there was there was always instruments around. Of course. And uh, it was it was great, and yeah. it's the re- probably the reason that I that I started, and mm. and but so for you there there was obviously a, p- a piano in in the house. Yes, there was. Yeah. yeah, we we actually had a like a kind of organ um, to begin with that was just always in the corner, and and right. and, um, and we would just kind of. Yeah, we went when we're I'm talking about we as in me and my older brother Will, and and we would go to these kind of interactive kids music classes when and I was four when I first went to that, um, and it was like a kind of it was above the Yamaha music shop in in Blackpool, and it was a bit weird actually. The more I think back on it, and the lady just kind of um, played us music, and we would sing and and play along on these organs, all these like little four year old kids, and Great. and I think that just kind of instilled you know, the first kind of musical knowledge in a way and just, um, yeah. yeah, just put put the music in us and then, yeah, gradually. Began so d- did your mum play? Um, or she, your dad? You, you, did they play piano? My my mum my played a little bit of piano and she still can kind of sit there and just play a little bit, but not really. In, um, but the, the reason that piano was always in my family was because of my granddad, my dad's dad. Mm-hmm. And he was he was Ray, he was, he was the original Ray Morris. Really, um, yeah. right, Raymond. Like, Raymond yeah. Morris, yeah. So, because I'm, I'm a fake. I'm, I'm just, I'm a Rachel that that calls herself Ray. <laughs> um, so he and he was kind of, um, he would play and, and he was a tenor. He would sing in the, um, in the local like music festivals in Blackpool oh. and um, and that. So my dad grew up with music in, in his, you okay. know, everywhere. So, yeah. So, but so, you, so your parents don't. They just that they dabble lightly, do they? Well. My dad plays saxophone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and he, and he, so he, he did clarinet and saxophone. And the funny thing is that we recently sat, I don't know how it came up, but we were talking about how like rubbish he is at, at saxophone. <laughs> and he knows this. And dad, I do. Like, okay. I, and you're not that bad, Dad. I know, like, I, he knows that. Um, but we joke about it. And um, 
he's been learning for 30 years, you know, once a week, kind of, kind of ish, but like 10 pounds every time, you know, and, and the amount of money that he's, he's spent on these saxophone <laughs> lessons over the last 30 years, his saxophone teacher is probably like, in Barbados, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and my dad's just still can't play. Really? <laughs> I think you only get good as a performer once you either start gigging, because mm-hmm. then you kind of, you're basically forced to sort your shit out. Yes. Like you absolutely There's have no to, to get up, it. you know, and to get up in front of people and to, and to perform is like, yeah. it, it's the ultimate, the ultimate motivation. Yeah. Well, you like, face embarrassment, don't you? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's like being naked. Yeah. If you, um, if you mess up and kind of aren't prepared Absolutely, and I, and I do think that thing, uh, I don't know who said this, but they were right that, like, um, a gig is worth 50 hours of practice. Oh, really? Did yeah. somebody say that? Yeah, someone said that to me. And this is all part of the, like, 10,000 hours thing that... Or is, you, it, is that how many hours this day? Well, they say, it, it ta- it's, you know, I don't know everyone who said that, but some mm. dude, if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, yeah. um, you, you become an expert yeah. in, in that thing. Do you think that's true? Well, I think that, like, you you learn the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that, like, most instruments to to sort of get proficient on an instrument, there's basically the technical hurdles mm. to kind of overcome, to become fast, to become fluent, to, to really know the instrument and to, to basically translate what you're thinking into your fingers or your lips or, like, whatever instrument you're playing. Yeah. And then I think once you, 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 you reach a, a level of sort of proficiency on the instrument it basically boils down to how much music you have in you yeah and like what you have to say yeah you know because depends what you want to do with it doesn't it i guess because i know you know whether you want to be a a concert pianist or or play in an orchestra or whether you actually just want to kind of um yeah like you said say something and 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 pass a message on to people via the few chords that you know and and that's actually kind of been my (laughs) my philosophy so far that you know, I, we were talking about it the other day when I was recording in here that I'm not, I know that I'm not a technically great pianist. And I, do, I definitely don't feel comfortable with my ability on piano. And I, I never really have done. Like I've always, my, my older brother Will was always a lot better at, at, at piano. And, and, and that and that's always kind of, um, it, I, I think I think I came to realise that actually I play in, a, in my own way and, and that's yeah. all, I've got the tools I need to kind of... But, you know, but you, I, I think this for someone like you, your piano playing is, it, it's inseparable from the, you're the songwriter yeah. and the singer. It's kind of all wrapped up in the the bundle of <laughs> that makes kind of Ray. Exactly. You know, so, and plus it's not your job to... No. You know, you know sort of if I needed a, a, a session keyboard player <laughs> yeah. that could sort of shred... <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm not going to call you. Ca- no, don't call me. Don't call me. <laughs> well, but that's not, you know, that's not like, you know, your, your thing. Is it? No, you and know. it's wonderful. And it, 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 I feel such pleasure kind of, it, it, I like that I can still go and see people play, you know, classical piano and, and be like, wow, how did yeah, they do that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I still have that incredible um, thrill of seeing somebody be so wonderful at their craft. And um, but um, But yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't. I, there isn't really kind of um, I'm not really a singer or a pianist I'm kind of the bit in between that comes together that kind of works for some, for some reason I don't know how yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you I mean did you have a formal uh, upbringing of like you know grades and music, yeah. music lessons and stuff I did I did but I wouldn't say it was formal and um, and nothing that I did really was that formal ever you know I kind okay. of everything was proper and um like you know what's happening but 
life wasn't really that formal um, okay. it, and it was and I, I did never really kind of made I would you know we, we, we would have our piano lessons on a Friday afternoon after school and we'd kind of do a bit of the classical stuff but then our piano teacher would like give us a bit of like Ben Folds really you know great. sheet music to play and yeah. but that was and we'd kind of like or just we you know we just wanted to play Coldplay and we wanted to play like Keen songs, you know. <laughs> and and um, the, te- the teacher didn't look down on that. No, he, oh like no, he a, was wonderful. He, he definitely he's called Darren, um, and he he really he really instilled like pop music into us as well as the classical. So, but I did up to grade seven classical and. So um, you know, so that's you know, you got to have a certain to get to, you know, that that grade. You have got to have a certain amount of technical. I don't. I think I was facility it. in your fingers. I, I was definitely yeah. I, I didn't practice at all. If I'd have practiced, I would have yeah. If I'd have put some effort in, I maybe would have been alright. But one day I'd like to do my grade eight just for the kind of just to, just to, just yeah. to have it nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just for the certificate. I like a certificate. Yeah. I had a I had a piano teacher when I was um, I had quite a lot of psychopathic music teachers Did gr- you? growing up. I had some amazing music teachers, but. I had this one lady that my mum used to send me to when I was like five, because my mum was like really wanted to to introduce us to music yeah. and um, thank and, goodness and she did, she did yeah. That, yeah yeah and um, but we had this this lady called Mrs Oldman <gasps> that we used to go and see. She didn't have a first name. No, Mrs Oldman. Oh, and but I I would I would spend I'd I'd come home crying <laughs> afterwards. You know what I mean? Cause she was it's so horrible, frightening, and you know oh. you were just really scared of like. Making a mistake, mm. but I used to, but I used to just go to the piano and just just you know, prick around and just yeah. and and just and then I kind of come into a lesson and kind of say, oh, this is what I've been doing, yeah. and it was like, oh, don't be don't be ridiculous. Oh, so she wasn't open to you no, doing oh, anything no. strained from the the, no. the notes on the page. The fact that we used to call her Mrs. Oldman yeah. says, hey, how old I am and how old school well, <laughs> she, well. she she was, and. Um, so yes. there is something kind of there is something wonderful about that the just the the discipline of of an instrument in that in that way and it does work you do get good you, you know and if for, for fear of of kind of going to your music lesson and, and and embarrassing yourself again like it's yeah I do feel though that there were certain kids when I was growing up hmm. who practiced really hard hmm. through fear of hmm. like their parents right. or their music teachers. No, that never works, does it? Really? No, because they're just these sort of empty yeah. shells of like sort of technical proficiency yeah. with no joy no. in it whatsoever, and just like yeah. they're just kind of going through the motions because mm. because they, they their their mum said they're going to stop their pocket money unless yeah. they or you know do, do do their grade eight. I did something you know. really embarrassing when I was um, I was wanting to kind of get out of Blackpool basically after school, and I wanted to go to a college somewhere that kind of would push me further into music and at that I think I was so what what is that like 16 of, of yeah yeah 15, you leave school 16. at 16 don't you yeah and I think um I knew that I wanted to do music and I was like okay what what is it that I can do to get better and be better and I went for a, an audition at Cheatham's music school in Manchester and it's like really high high quality kind of is it kind of classical classical vibes you, you board there and uh, I, I really okay. dreamt of going to the Royal Northern College of Music and that's what I okay. wanted to do and um, and I knew that that was a. I did a summer school at the Royal Northern for my work experience, mm. and I knew that that was the pathway that if you go to Cheatham's, you just get in there, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I went and had an audition, and I played this very old man, very old, um, very classical dude, um, at one of my own songs that I'd written, and it was it was you know one of the ones before I tell people when my first song happened, it was a really bad <laughs> one. <laughs> 
Oh, um, did you sing as well? I sang. Oh, I right. sang to him, and it's the first time I'd ever sung to anybody. Like at this point, I wouldn't even sing to my parents. Like my parents hadn't even heard my oh, voice. Really? Like, th- like I would not. So and this was before the first gig this you was, did as this well. This was like this was a, a moment where, that could have completely put me off forever. And I played yeah. him one of my own songs, and and he was so rude to me and said, really? "You are not going to be a class a concert pianist." And um and really like I came out there there in tears because oh, my whole plan had been you know completely shattered yeah. and I think it was that point that I realized that that wasn't the right environment and that classical world really wasn't um going to kind of give me any creative freedom or, or any space to kind of be who, who I was thinking I could maybe be mm-hmm. um and yeah it was true that these a lot of the kids had, had been in that had been at that school for years you know um they've been there since the age of four kind of yeah. you know almost yeah, just spending every waking hour rehearsing and practicing. So, not not quite the right world for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's not to say actually that you know, I really like classical music. And there's actually a friend of our family's who's a like a concert pianist, oh, a, wow. a guy called Nick Walker, and he's just just an absolute monster. Like really? he's just one of the best musicians. Wow. Um, but I think you've got to have the right. Like I think that like firstly you find when you're really young you find an instrument that, that that suits your temperament yes you know so i mean i tried loads of instruments out and then <laughs> you know i started playing drums and it was like oh yeah this is it <laughs> this is the you know and it just i just i can now kind of imagine you as a child now i'm like thinking that you quite were you quite like hyperactive and i don't or... think so no i don't think i was but i was i was very enthusiastic about right. things that i liked yeah. and um i played the flute that was my first thing. Wow. Yeah, and I just just really hated it. Yeah. Like I just it was just really boring. And then and then Nirvana Nevermind came out by Nirvana. <laughs> and, and I you lo- still and I flute. looked at the flute and was like, this, this is not going to This doesn't match up somehow. Yeah, this isn't going to happen. And then just seeing Dave Grohl and then that's it I want to be a drummer. Wow. And then I played drums and said, oh, this is clearly where it's at. Yeah. But I think that like, you know, you your your temperament uh, the instrument finds you that suits who you are and then i think there's music there's styles of music that suits you yes as well yeah you know because i try you know i've played loads of different types of music and um and you know i play jazz and and latin and mm. stuff but I, jazz I've, seems to be the for for a drummer that seems to be the kind of is that the first place that you find like a kind of like a freedom and a, a cool kind of experimentation. I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't say freedom, but it, but I think that like the the sort of jazz drummers uh, of you know people like uh, you know the, all the people all the amazing uh, like Tony Williams Great. and yeah. Louis Belson and all all the great. Mm. I think when you when you're learning, you look to those guys, and they're just so technically unbelievable. Yeah. and I think that like particularly for I think this is particularly true of boys actually. Right. When you first start playing an instrument, you look to the most technically proficient players, yeah, and think, well, that's they're the best, right? Those, those guys are, are like the, mm. and um, but then, so I I did play jazz and I was in like the sort of county big band, nice. But I, but when I was at college, I just felt that like there wasn't it's like that Frank Zappa quote. Jazz isn't dead; it just smells funny. <laughs> I and it, and, and it's like it's like I just felt it wasn't really like relevant. Not relevant. 
I'm opening up a massive can of worms here. Just the, so, so, so what? Just didn't speak. Which college just, did you go to? Well, I went to I went to Brunel okay. University, and okay. it was it was because I was going to say because you didn't go to uni, did you? I didn't. No. And if I was like nineteen again, I would not have gone to uni. Really? Yeah. That's it really was, interesting. You don't was, hear that many people say that. I think if because basically I've always liked the contemporary music of. The, the now yes. even even when I was like 18 mm-hmm. and I still do mm-hmm. and I think that's a pretty broad thing like mm-hmm. I like I listen to lots of different types of music and from you know electronic music to, to whatever yeah I've always liked kind of what's going on now which is I think why I, I strayed away from jazz because I felt it was the people that were into jazz at our college were into the the, the sort of aesthetics of the music that was happening in the 50s and the 60s yeah and I just wasn't Very interested in, in kind of aping yeah. that, even though it's amazing. And I love those. Uh-huh. I love those. I love listening to those records. Mm. And um, yeah, so. Um, I definitely would have gone. That, that, that's the weird thing about me that I, you know, I was, I was very nervous about moving away from home. I didn't want to, to go, but, but I, I had my heart set on going to Lipper, you know, the Lipper right, right, Institute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, didn't, I, got, I didn't get in. Really? And I, yeah, and 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 I think for the first time at that at that time I was very like I was quite confident because I was like playing a lot of gigs and I was like yeah. you know I'm, I went to the audition and I played like some of my own stuff and and I think it really was a huge that was a very huge setback for me because um, I was like oh shit you know like actually I, I I've got a lot I've got a lot to learn at and there's so much that I don't know and 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 um, and yeah that was a big. I was, I was kind of heartbroken because I really had myself, you know, I things wanted are, to go are, there. Things are working out okay for you, right? It's working out all right so far. But yeah, but, but I would have gone, it, it, but I just didn't get in. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, it's interesting that, because that, maybe things would have really changed you had you had you gone to uni. Because I, I guess what I was going to say was about uni is, is that, like, I think the, the path that I've gone down, for example, mm-hmm. which is uni didn't help whatsoever. You don't think so? No, I think if you want to be a musician just need to do it yeah you know you just need to to play get, get out there gig as much as you can and, yeah. I, and I feel I feel kind of it's making me sound really old now no. but I, I was the last year of that went to uni we didn't have to pay oh oh wow yeah it was free so I did, didn't really oh, have my any goodness, you debt. Didn't have debt wow so I think kind of going into a degree now and and you know and coming out like just like what's it like nine grand a yeah. year now and I think that like, and it's a it's a lifelong thing, isn't it? You know, there are many people. I think um, I was speaking to Daisy, my drummer, about it the other day, and she, I think, she's still kind of she's thirty, you know, in, in her early thirties, and she's still paying back a university debt, and yeah, it really is a, a big commitment, and especially if you are kind of achieving. I, I think that the, I I then got a place at Leeds College of Music, and, and oh, the, did you? you but, okay. I, but so there was another option. Okay. Um, but the, the the what I've realised was that the end of um, their f- end of the first year gig um, like kind of um, you know celebration showcase thing that you that you perform in front of the the your, your professors and kind of prove that you've done something in the year. It was at the Ruby Lounge in Manchester, and I I kind of already played there, right, and I'd already yeah, yeah. and so I think that was that was the proof that um, that really like it's teaching you to get out there and, and play. Yeah. The bottom line is that it's teaching you to, it's giving you the tools to go do it. So if you're mm. already doing it, then Exa- no, exactly. do it yourself. You exactly, know? why pay nine grand a year yeah. To, yeah. Do, to do that? I mean, I do think that like certain colleges have, you have access to really good tuition, really good mm. teachers. And that's good because yeah. I had some really amazing teachers 
inspiring people. But I, I think there's a there's a kind of myth perpetrated by the university s- system, which is now a kind of big business mm. of like you know come and do our degree, and in the end of three years you'll have all the tools you need <laughs> yeah. in order to just you know be, be a be a successful musician. And I don't think that's true. No. And, I, and I do think when I was at uni. It was only when I left university did I meet people who were really into music right. and went to loads of gigs. I think a lot of music students just don't leave the campus no. and just you know perform and play in front of each other. And isn't it isn't it a bit weird that, that everybody's doing the same thing as well? That everybody's at the same stage and like I think that something that's been so fascinating for me is is meeting people that are all so different and all have had a different upbringing and background and and that are at different stages of their career and I think a huge thing is meeting peers and and also people like you talking to people that are, are like producers as well as musicians and and having those people around that kind of shape your mind and make you think of it in a different way and I, I feel like at, at uni everyone's at the same yeah. level of the time you know everyone's yeah no absolutely I mean saying that I mean I don't, I don't really you know if there's any students listening I don't, I don't, I don't want to know I don't want to get really down on it but, no, but, I, but, but I do feel that, like you know going to uni obviously you do have access to amazing tools yeah but it's kind of more of a like it's like a going to uni is like a supplement it's like a vitamin yes. to what you should already be doing yeah which is going to as many gigs as you can playing as many you know as many with as many different people yeah and you, you know and that's because all the guys that, that I know now who are, who are really who I really rate mm. Um, and who really have basically just just you know done that just got, done loads of gigs mm. and just got out there and and, and met loads of people yeah. and uh, stuff. Part of part of me is kind of like a bit jealous that I didn't go as well. Oh yeah, don't be wrong. Don't be wrong. I'd have a fucking great time. I didn't. I, didn't, <laughs> I, I did laugh. not have a very like. I, I missed out on the on the um, on the yeah the student stuff. To be honest, but you're going on tour. That's like. I'm that's still, I'm that's still good so fun. Boring. I'm not a very fun person to be on the roadway. Really, I think. you're not going to dish any crazy. No, I have no crazy stories. Televisions in pool stories. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think no, I know no no stories. I think my band must think I'm um, the most boring person in the world. But um, but it's 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 as we said before. It's one of those kind of things that I. The one thing I find difficult about touring is that I I am um, I'm so conscious of of being healthy enough to do mm. the gig and and I think um, my yeah, my voice. I just want to look after it, and and yeah. I and I kind of always put it before the alcohol and before the the late no, nights. As, as you should, you know. But it doesn't make for a very good, <laughs> very good party. <laughs> well, I mean, I I just I didn't really start touring like a lot until I was in my like late twenties. Right. So, you know, maybe I was a bit more sensible, but but I'm not boring. I mean, I, 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 well, maybe I'm boring. <laughs> but like, you're not boring. I, 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 uh, I remember the first tour I did of Australia, which is about six years ago, and it was the first like long period of touring I ever did. Like, mm. we were away for like four weeks. Wow. And um, I was I was so excited, you know. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to Australia for and, a whole month. Like, yeah, for, for and it was kind of we did. That was it. We were in America. It was my first time in Los Angeles. Wow. And I was in there for, for, for like a week, and then like three weeks in Australia, and then and then back. Uh-huh. And um, so that's a lot of flying, you know. And Australia is just a lot of flying because all the cities are like really far away from so, each other. Yeah. And uh, so I just got really excited, and I was drinking quite a lot. I might say quite a lot. I'm not a massive drinker, but I was drinking like every night. And you hadn't got the pace like the pace quite set. Well, no. <laughs> about two weeks into the tour, 
I got really depressed. Oh. I got really down. Really? And I'm like, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the matter? It's this, like, this is amazing. I'm having, I, mean, the- I should be, and, and I, I start, yeah. And I think it was a combination of, like we were saying earlier, like kind of, it's a lot, all those, all those flights. And then, you know, you're gigging and then you're jet lagged. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to put your body through. Mm-hmm. And then if you, if you, you know, add out like quite a lot of booze into the equation. And yeah. That, I just, I was just tired. Right. So, um. And it took, it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. Tiredness is a very weird thing because yeah. it, 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 it takes you by surprise. You feel like, surely this can't just be tiredness. Like, the way I'm feeling cannot just be exhaustion. And then I think as soon as you, yeah, like as soon as you realise that actually it's just a normal, it is a normal thing and, and you're not yeah. kind of going crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and, yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, you want to, for me, as I'm sure it's important for you, or it is important for you because you just said, you want to do a good gig. You People want to go out there and 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 and, yeah. and be be good at your job, which yeah. is why you're there in the first place. Yeah. So, for me, I don't drink as much as others. Okay. I make sure I look. You know, I try and I try and keep fit. It's impressive and the amount that people can consume yeah. on the like. It's the I, the rock and roll thing really is a thing. Like yeah. that is, <laughs> and I you know I thought, always thought it was a myth. I thought that it wasn't real, but it. But the, yeah, the rate that that my guys, my band, can consume, I'm just like, you know, we we actually we went on Blue Peter the other day, the other <laughs> yeah, week, which that. was so funny and so such a kind of. Did you get a badge? I did get I'm a badge. So I should have should have brought my badge. Should have bought the badge. Worn it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be wearing it all the time. I kind of thought I'd have it I was sewn into my skin. <laughs> I've got it on right now. You just don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I got a badge. Yeah, it's wonderful. We all got badges, um, and yeah, th- those guys just stayed up like till five o'clock in the morning before b- before Blue Peter and, and we had to be up at like six. So and I was just like, it's, guys, it's Blue Peter, this is a big deal. So do they um, all do they all come to Blue Peter's like stinking of booze? Just so not kid friendly <laughs> at all. Just like not the vibe. Um but you know they they yeah, it's a different world. Touring is a um you don't feel like you're in the, your real life. You, you, yeah. And I actually do this thing where I kind of, any any sorts of problems or, or things that I need to do, you know, um, receipts or like, or anything to do with like real life, I'd kind of put on hold. And it's a great excuse not to do it. And sometimes that can be kind of weird. I, I agree. I, mm. I find it very hard to, I think when you're on tour, you're kind of, you feel very, um, you know, cut, cut off. Yeah. From the tour, which, you, which you're right, is on... Is, is in one part liberating because yeah. you're like oh, I don't have to do any of that stuff. I'll just be creative <laughs> yeah well I can't I can't I mean I've tried to I did I, and I'm going to try it this time because mm. I'm, I'm I'm touring again this year but I'm going to try and do a blog I did ah, I wonderful. did quite well I did quite well on a, on a Laura Marling tour a couple of years ago I managed to keep a regular blog do and you it do was, it specifically because my friend Louis Bose um, who tours with Bombay know, know you know Louis yeah because I, I used to play in summer camp Oh, of course. With him. Amazing. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, lovely. Um, but yeah, Louis, Louis a, a, we, we met through the Bombay stuff. Right. Um, but he did a really, really funny um, blog of like the showers in venues. <laughs> and, and I think it was the showers. I think at one point it was maybe the toilets. But I remember it being the showers and he would mark them out of 10 every day. You know, like, and, and really? kind of discuss the, the water pressure <laughs> like, <laughs> and the temperature and, and how it made him feel. Right. <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe on this next tour you could... Maybe tailor it specifically to. Maybe I could. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to be away for um, any massive periods of time. I'm kind of doing two or three weeks stints, but I, I quite want to take the podcast and do <gasps> and do one somewhere. 
great yeah, idea. Do one in a. It's kind of like sure how Garvey interview. does his radio show on six. He does it like in the venues and stuff, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Does he do it wherever he, he is? It, yeah, I think because oh, cool. he quite he, you know he can't really always be at six music, can he? I don't think um, he's a busy man. Yeah. But that's a that's a wonderful idea. Well, yeah, but then and I mean I I'd have to change because the whole point of this podcast actually is that I I you know I, yeah I mean I don't this doesn't I hope this doesn't feel like an interview but no. it's, it's it's us it's me talking to people it's that my least interviewy interview oh, that's nice <laughs> um, but um, it's me talking to people that I know about music yeah. or about whatever you know but um but it, but, but specifically it was it was supposed to be here so, so if I was somewhere abroad and um. I'd have to find someone that I know <laughs> <laughs> to to interview. Yeah, um, but you, I think maybe just it would be good to have it just in case because you might, for example, we're kind of bumping into each other at a few festivals are, over yeah. the summer. Yeah, and I think that maybe that could be even cool. You know, like a, a half an hour kind of dressing room backstage festival chat, urchin, that, on, yeah. urchin on the road. It could be really chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be really chaotic though. Um, this is a very chilled environment, and I think there's something yeah. magical about this. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah. It's, 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 very, it's very nice to say. So um, I think I've just, my phone is telling me, you know, we've got a new feature in this podcast. Really? Which is, um, yeah, Cox Corner. Dan. Dan's getting involved. That's, that's COX. What's he doing? Is he telling um, us to stop? Because well, we're going on to No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, I tried this out in, in the last one, the, the one I did with Laura, and Dan is supposed to um, text in. A question. No. And he hasn't. He's just texting oh. like Studio Beef three tomorrow. Oh, so he's so he's just like completely forgotten. Okay, how am I going to text him now? How about... That's not very professional, then, no, is it? I'm just going to text him. Question. <laughs> question, please. Maybe that was the question. Question, please. Um, oh, that's ruined my flow. Don't worry. What were we? What were we talking, what were we talking think about? It, it kind of naturally was coming to an end. I think so. And, and we've, think we've it, been going for like. An hour, which is cool. That's, I try and make them an hour. We usually talk longer than this. We have done. We, we had have. a very big like pizza we did, chat we? the other day, didn't we? Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. I kind of wish we'd have recorded that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we talked about Kate Bush quite a lot. We did. That Kate Bush gig. Yeah. Which we wish we've... Which we covered co- it. Which we've covered. No, <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I could... Everybody knows that I could talk about Kate Bush for, forever. And I think about that gig a lot. You know, I wake up on the morning and Did think about... Did you get about, a poster? No, but I got... You know when... You know when it took the left turn? The falling things. I got three of the falling things. You got things. three? Yes. That's very greedy because like, like, some people didn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple as well. <laughs> what was the poster? Um, I, the poster... I, I have... A, so the, what you said about waking up in the morning, I have a poster of that right in front of my bed. So I wake oh, up really? and look at the poster. Um, and it was... It's it's uh, the scene where she's in the water and she's on her uh, back yeah. um, in the water. That was the one... That was the... When I think when it was uh, announced that the tour came out. Her in the life jacket yes, looking up. that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. kind of press, press shot. But... Um, right. But yeah, it's it, I I that that show was particularly as as I said to you it, emotional for me because it was on my birthday as well. Oh, I didn't. Oh, um, really? Yeah, your birthday? we went we went on my wow. on my birthday. But it just happened to to be that I could get tickets for that day, and um and I took my auntie Barbara and my mum and dad, and um my auntie Barbara was a huge fan, and she'd never seen Kate before, so um. Well, not many, yeah. not many had. No, 
My mum and dad did see her in Blackpool on the first ever tour. She played the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool and they oh, saw man, her. I bet that was great. I think I think probably like they, they didn't at the time they just were like, Oh, she's just some high peak kind of eighteen year old girl that has you know, <laughs> like 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 a lot of the kind of new singers that we go to see today and think yeah. that they maybe won't amount to what they do and then so the next thing you know you're yeah. seeing them thirty years later. Did you when 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 you were kind of, you know, in Blackpool, uh kind of growing up, did you see a lot of gigs? Did you go and see a lot of Not a lot. Stuff? Not loads, but my my brother took me to see like um, my first gig, proper gig was Biffy Clyro at Empress Ballroom. Okay, and um, I quite like Biffy Clyro. Yeah, I bet they're good. Like they were actually, you know what? I think it was Block Party, but the support was Biffy Clyro. Oh, okay. Which is kind of crazy as well to think of that now, because Biffy yeah, are kind of yeah. a, a, like they a lot bigger. Really big, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I know I would. My, my dad would. You know, we we go, I went to see like um, a guy called Francis Dunnery was my first actual actual gig, and he was a band called, in a band called Squeeze. I oh, think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Squeeze was, um, they had that song, Call for Cats, right? I think so. Yeah. But we, we were really into Francis Donnery's music and we went to Egremont to go see him, just like some place like <laughs> so far away. Um, so weird gigs like that and okay. um, yeah, lots of little weird gigs. But did you, did you see, uh, did Blackpool, did it have all the usual bands coming through did you see like not really okay no not really it was, it was kind of that weird thing that you could go see people at the huge at the huge empress ballroom venue how big is that um i think it's it's about four or five thousand so oh, it's quite it's big then so it's oh, not right. yeah okay, it's okay. kind of and that was that was the um kind of problem not a huge problem but the 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 thing that really you know it would be big touring bands that would come through and not really everyone else would kind of go to manchester or right. or you know the nearby cities so um, but yeah, saw some saw some interesting things. Saw Seagull Ross at the Empress Ballroom, which was kind of amazing. Good. Yeah, because I I never heard of Empress Ballroom until the White Stripes did that DVD there. Of course, which is kind of famous now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I love I love I mean I, I love I love the White Stripes and uh, but I love that that is a particularly cool concert video. And then and and it also I mean the Empress Ballroom it just looks like such a cool venue. It is. It's very you it's know. very beautiful. And yeah. that, all actually all of the. The buildings in Blackpool are, 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 are truly beautiful, and um, some of the guys. Um, I think that there's a there's a theatre called the Grand Theatre that's just down the road from there, and that was um, built by the same guy who who built the the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, oh, um, okay. I think if I'm if I'm correct, and um, so the, the you know the architecture is like next level. And um, have you ever been to the Tower Ballroom in in Blackpool? Yeah. Because that's just no. like that's just stunning, and they still do tea dances there and stuff, and um, they they have strictly come dancing, you know, final there or whatever. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. but it's the most you know gorgeous building, and I kind of wish that they would put more gigs on in there, really. But one day. I, I went to Blackpool once. Did, oh, so you, oh, so you've only been one time. I, been, I went one time, and uh, I went. You know, I don't know. I don't know why I was there. Probably for a gig. Right. I can't probably. remember who I was there with, what I was doing. But I know we had we got there a day early, and went on went, on, day went to the fair. It yeah, was great. We had a great fun. Went on the big the roller coaster. Beach. Yeah, amazing. I, I've got a thing. I really like roller coasters. They're like me too. One of my favourite things to do. Some people in the I world. hate roller coasters. Yeah, I can't get my head around that. I went to Thorpe Park last time. I try and go to Thorpe Park as often as I can, which is like once every three years. Like <laughs> someone will go. It's That's quite it. frequent for like. A professional person. Yeah, for, 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 <laughs> it's quite sad for an adult. But um, I, yeah, I try and go. I try and go as much. And and I went with a friend of mine who shall remain nameless. And it was me, my wife, him, and 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 his, and his wife. And we we went and um, mm-hmm. we went on a roller coaster. I forgot which one. 
one of, but you know you, you you go there to go on scary rides of course and like he just totally wasn't feeling it <gasps> Did just, it was he sick well no but, but I looked over and I'm like sort of screaming Loving like a 14 year old girl <laughs> and I looked over and he was just clearly having like the, the worst time ever it's really you bizarre know? yeah I find it very I, I've never been fearful of things that don't I'm not scared of planes. I have a great time, and I have a great time on planes. I'm like a bit really? sick. I actually like the turbulence. So you're built for traveling. I'm built for traveling. I'm a machine. You can move backwards. <laughs> you're not sick on planes. I'm not sick on flights. Um, I desperately want to do a skydive. I've done one. I, I, like, can you can you help me make this happen? I, I well, uh, well, How I don't know. I can I help it? you other than what, push you out of the plane. <laughs> I just need somebody to not let me not do it. No, I mean, I think if you're going to... I did mine in South Africa. Okay. It was one of the best things I've ever done. I've got to say, because I did a bungee jump when I was... I think I was 22. Right. I did a bungee jump in, in Switzerland, a place called Interlaken. Oh. And that was just really, really frightening. I'm not sure how that I agree no. with the... the yeah, my, my brother did one as well, and he, his eyes were literally... Yeah, your eyes go red. Out of his head. Yeah, it's it's weird. It doesn't and seem natural for the body to be. No, and it's 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 just really really frightening, and mm. it, and it's very intense. And afterwards, you feel euphoric because you're still alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, whereas I think for skydiving, I mean, obviously you do have that moment of, it's you know, it's very much like a gig. Right. You know that feeling. <laughs> no, you know that feeling of you know when you're doing a really big gig. Oh. And you're like, oh, I don't think I want to do this. And Why I, do we put ourselves sick. through this? Yeah, and yeah. All, the, all the feelings <laughs> that we all have before certain gigs. And the moment you walk onto stage, it's just like, oh, yeah. This, this is, is why. This is cool. This is why. And, and, it, and like, I remember um, I was about to jump out of this plane. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? This is insanity. Yeah. And then as soon as we, we went out, just... Just the, the, I can't indescribably mm. exhilarating and yeah. and joyous feeling. Wow! It felt like you know those dreams you have when you you're you're like flying. Have you ever did you ever get them? I've never had a flying dream. Oh, oh right. And that really upsets me. So that's made more of a reason for me to right. do a skydive because I've never I don't have any like nothing to relate to when it comes to flying. Right. Okay. But but but, but it's like that. it's that real it's kind of. I imagine like, it's a real release and total freedom. Yeah. And it, it was amazing. Um, but if you're going to Australia, that's a good place to do it. Because okay. yeah, I, I didn't realise. Do you need to be near the ocean or something? No, or? but you can't do it when it's cloudy. It needs to be. You can't. Is that so you can see the view? I don't know. I just. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I guess it's it's it's. There must be some. There must be kind of safety guidelines. Of course. Yeah. And. Um, in Australia. Oh, you hope that there's safety. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. Um, uh, in Australia and, and in and where I did in South Africa, it's it's it was sunny a lot of the time. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think if you do one over here, you know, when when can you guarantee a cloudless no, day? Not in, in the United Kingdom. In, in, in the UK, and, uh, no. and I guess and I guess obviously it is. Like, doing it in South Africa, we were we were by kind of by Table Mountain. Though I was too nervous to be looking at the view. Wow. Oh, look, there's Table Mountain over there. I was just. You know, that's all part of it, though, isn't it? But, um, yeah, you right, you'll love it. It's, 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 it's I amazing, think, yeah. I, I definitely am one of those people that kind of, um, yeah, and and black back to Blackpool Pleasure Beach, you know, that that really is a, a wonderful place. Um, and the I big think one. the big one was once the one of the biggest, it was the tallest in the world when it was built at one point, yeah. yeah. And it's to say, it's a shame that it's not now, but we had a on the Bombay Bicycle Club tour, um, 
we we had a day off as well in Blackpool the day before. Um, and we actually, I took the, all the guys, like the Bombay's crew and all of those guys um, and got them into the Pleasure Beach and we all went, all of us together. And um, and it was a really fun day of like kind of showing them around. We went to the fire station because my dad was still working at the fire station. But that was a fireman? Yes, he oh, was, yeah. Okay. And um, he's retired now, but 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 we took all the all the guys to go. And there's a great picture of Jack Stedman on on the fire, fire engine. Um, and they got tattoos as well. So they, got, got, they actually got tattoos. So I can give people a good day out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you fancy it, you know, yeah. I, will, I know the right place it is. <laughs> I, I, I'd love to go back. I mean, Blackpool was one of those places that, that like LA is like, it's exactly as I thought it would be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it was just like, oh, this is exactly as Sometimes I imagined it's it. Nice. And it, no, it yeah. was great. Yeah. You know, it smelled of like fish and chips. And like sweet, <laughs> you know, sweet yeah. syrupy yeah. <laughs> rock. <laughs> It was great. So look, um, that Cox is like not not Cox Corner is not happening. He's not doing it. No, it's not happening. Can this... I ask you a question then? You can. Okay, so this is this is um, in, this is instead of Dan Cox. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. like a new thing where this is a new thing. The person that you're interviewing gets to ask you a question. Please. Um, how do you feel about your recent amazing work with Laura Marlin, who I'm a huge fan of? Right. And I've listened to the podcast that you did and I thought it was wonderful and it was wonderful to hear you guys talk in such a wonderful way. Um, I used the word wonderful so many times <laughs> then, that's how wonderful it was. Um, but how, how are you feeling about your first kind of proper... Well, you've learned a lot of amazing things, obviously, as a producer, but your, your bi- yeah, first big... It's definitely the biggest thing I've done. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel good about it. I, uh, I feel... Um, I was initially very nervous... When we, when we, I was nervous before the record. I think I said this on the podcast with us. I was nervous before the record. And when we were doing the record, it was just a joy. Right. You know. I think this is, this is actually very... I, I felt this about a lot of records. When you're, you know, you're not really second-guessing yourself and you're just making music. Yeah. And then you finish it. And then it becomes, you're like, well, actually, we've drawn a line under this. Reality. And it's done. And that means people are going to hear it. And then, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And then you, you start to feel nervous about it's it. out of your control. Yeah, exactly, because it's, you, you're just, you know, casting it mm-hmm. out. But, um, no, I feel good. It, uh, I mean, obviously, it's like anything you ever do. You're never, you're never totally happy. No. You know? I think it would be weird if you, if you were, if you were completely, um, you know, like, you know, if you're convinced that, that what you've done is the best you could do, like it doesn't really leave you any room to do anything anything else. And Absolutely. um I, I definitely felt like that when my album came out. There were things that I would there were, th- there were things I would change about it, but I had no regrets. And I think as long as you've got no immediate yeah, regrets. No, I, don't, I, I don't know. You know, and it, it's you know, for me as well, it was obviously a team effort. Yeah. And it, and it's her it's her record, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's she's the artist. And um right at the moment I, I just feel thrilled to have been involved in it. To be, I'm very to be, excited. To be honest. To hear yeah, it. and and so am I. And actually, I haven't heard it. I got sent the masters. Oh man, about two months ago. Okay. And I listened through, but then I was listening through Work just mode. just to kind, you know, just to kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. all hanging together. And I and I think then, yeah, and that was the first time I heard it in the order that it's going to be at. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't heard it since. So actually, when it comes out, I'm gonna. You're gonna listen to the I'm vinyl. I'm gonna get the vinyl and I'm and, I, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna listen to it. I, um, I just but I might not have enough. I might not have. I I, we, I was talking to Dan Cox about this, and I think you need two years from the from the moment <laughs> from the moment that you finished 
something, you need to, there needs to be two years of space before you can listen to it with any with kind of objectivity. Yeah. And also, I think that there's always that. Um, I'm always most critical of my my drum performance. Okay. You know. Well, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. As yeah. a as a producer, you're also you're also hearing yourself on yeah. there as a drummer, which is not always the case. You know, it's not that the, that that's quite a kind of rare position. Yeah, and some sometimes I don't like. Um, sometimes I really like if I'm producing something and not to play on it, like the thing I did with you. Yes. I didn't. You know, I didn't play on it, and in this that's it's a very it's a very empowered position because you're not kind of uh, susceptible to the performance anxiety yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. of, of the musicians, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think, but there's 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 always there's always that thing. Um, I remember hearing it in an interview with with Pino, mm. um, who Pino Palladino, who played on your record. Yeah, I'd love to meet, I'd love to meet him because he's just he was wonderful. Oh man, I I Do you told Pino stories. Um, the the only story really was that he was just genuinely lovely and he, he was very tall and very really tall. Welsh yeah. um, <laughs> and I told him my dad had just been to see the Who like um, literally the week before right. and he and he so my dad had seen him play you know like with 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 those guys and and I kind of was fangirling a bit over that and and he just did he he just he just did what he wanted to do and he's a, he's just an astonishing musician yeah. but I remember him. There was, a, there was an interview with him, and and you know I think he's one of the musicians that's just, at the, you know, the pinnacle of what he does. Yeah. And it, and he was saying the same thing. Like, whenever I hear myself, I'm just ah, uh, yeah, oh, I was a bit. And particularly, I think he was talking about his fretless playing, which is so, so good. And <laughs> so he's like, magical. oh, he was listening back to something he did. It's like, oh, always a bit out of tune. And but that's what that's the like, beauty really? of it, though, isn't it? Like when when um. Yeah, Chris Dagger, the, the the guy who played bass with me for a long time, he, that that kind of um, the upright that he was playing the other day on the track, that kind of slightly not quite yeah, in tune, beautiful boing, like yeah, is, is what I love about music generally. That the yeah, the kind of almost perfect, perfect. You know, it's ne- it's never because I think that like when when music is, uh, and I I certainly when I first started producing, I I fell into the trap of feeling like I had to edit everything, you know, right. it was like, oh, you know, stuff, you know, because Pro Tools gives you the ability to see yeah. what you're, you know, to see the, the music. And I think that can be really dangerous. Mm. And I think whenever I've like, stuff has been perfectly, I've, I've edited stuff, so it's perfectly in tune, yeah. and perfectly in time, it's always killed it. Right. You know, it's just uh-huh. suddenly become f- completely flat and lifeless. Yeah. Wow, wow, we've been going for a long time, Yes, though. we have. Right, so how are we going to end it? I've, I've, like I've, I've said this I've heard, said this before on these podcasts, but starting and ending is hard. The middle bit's easy. Starting was good today. Starting was fine. Yeah, so, I think I'm getting better at starting. Yeah, you were good. And, um, oh, there he is, Dan. Oh. Tell him we've run out of time. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this could be that. This, this is our end. This is, this is the end. This is Dan, the end. literally, in, at us. the 11th hour. He saved us. Um... So what we'll do, I'll ask you this question and then as soon as like you give the answer. That's it. That's, that's, Better be, oh no, the pressure. That's the end of the podcast. The pressure so is the, on. So literally the last word of this is going to be on you. Pressure. Um, <laughs> and the question from Cox Corner this week is, who would win a fight between Van Morrison and Elton John? Oh, definitely Van Morrison. Van Morrison.